all right, well, I do a couple things here at the church. Actually, I do several things. But uh, I am the team lead for our family ministries, which are these, uh, this great week that just happened, our Stacy Ash in preschool and Stacy Simmons in children and, and Caleb Gabrelli in fusion and Way Bryan in forge. I lead that team. Uh, and so I'm also a part of spiritual formation. And so what that means is I want you, not just uh, young, young children, young folks, but I want you to experience the fullness of Christ and to walk with him faithfully and to experience his joy and peace and what it means to, to walk with him. And so I want you to grow and develop in your relationship with Jesus Christ and in your relationship with other people sitting next to you and at work, at home, wherever it is. I want you to experience the fullness of Jesus Christ and, and to understand that following him is the best possible way to live this life on this earth and this time that he has given us. I believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt, that the best way to live this life is to follow him. And the best way to, to, to do that here at the church is to come together on a Sunday morning in this gathering, but also to come together in small groups, in group life. Believe that that is absolutely necessary for you as you follow Jesus Christ. Absolutely necessary. And you know what? It's, it's one of the hardest things that you will do. It's one of the hardest things that we do here at Grace Point Church is to, to help people get connected, to help them believe that they have to be a part of group life. It's, it's, it will always be one of the hardest things we do, but that's okay because it's worth it. It's worth seeing you grow and develop in, in Jesus Christ. And so we, we're always trying to figure out the best ways to get people involved. And so we, we have uh, found a system that, that we, we we're trying to dumb it down a little bit. And so we want to show you this video about, about group life, okay? So, so check this out for a little bit. Is your small group a too-much-information extravaganza, a touchy-feely share a mind-numbing theological marathon? Mine was. That's why I created the world's first openly shallow small group. Here's how. You guys believe the promises of God are real? Yes, in my own life. I'm sorry, really... sorry, it's my bad. I, let me rephrase that. Yes or no, does anyone believe the promises of God are real? You must be ever vigilant. Nothing kills a shallow small group quicker than people opening up and sharing their feelings. Asking questions that foster discussion? Mm, that's a big no-no. True or false, you had a good day today. So on a, a scale of one to two, a, Jesus, B, Jesus and the devil, with two being strongly agree and one being strongly disagree. So if the whale is traveling at 10 miles an hour and it spews Jonah at 7 miles an hour, does anyone know the capital of North Dakota? Anyone? Somebody give me an adverb. <laughs> if heartfelt and genuine conversation rears its ugly head, hey, buddy. <laughs> Well, it's time to move quickly to rid your small group of it. So that's how I interpret it. I mean, I'm not a theologian or anything, but... No, you're not. Well, I have this verse that's been on my heart. Really? On your heart? Like just sitting there on your left ventricle? I really just wanted to share that... Fire drill, people! Small group fire drill! Find your exits now! Let's go! Even at prayer time, you can't let your guard down. So, does uh, anyone have a brief, generic prayer request? They can cover and say 20 seconds. Uh, my coworker's mother... Too specific. Someone I know has been diagnosed... Logging with... down. 
Dogging down. This person is really scared. When I said brief, I wasn't talking about my underwear. Person, uh, people sick. Oh, that's good. Anybody want to say a prayer for sick people? No one? I'll do it. Amen. All right, let's go eat. <laughs> Be strong, shallow small group leader. If people push you to go deeper, just remind them crazy people don't go off the shallow end. No, they go off the deep end. Shallow small group. Because when things get too deep, people drown. Won't you join us? I, I laugh at that every time I see it. We've showed that our men's retreat and student ministry. Uh, obviously, that's not the system we're trying to create here at, at Grace Point Church. But, you know, we've probably all been a part of, of some type of group. Okay, whether it's growing up in school and in junior high or high school, you work together as a team in a group, you know, and or maybe maybe now you you work a lot with uh, groups of people at at work. You're always trying to figure out what's the best way to communicate with this person or what's the best way to get this out of this person or or this person really irritates me. But I know I have to I have to work with this person. So how do I how do I get along with this person or or maybe maybe even now you're connected to a small group here at at Grace Point Church. And so, you know, the dynamics of, of, of group life. And so We've all been a part of a group in some way, shape, or form, okay? But what we want to do is we want to get everybody here connected to a a group here at at, at Grace Point Church. That's our heart. That's our desire. That's what we're going to be about. That's our focus is to get you connected in group life. But here's, here's, here's how I want to start. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to give you an assignment, okay? So you have a couple of options. You can write this down or you can text me. All right. In a perfect world, whether you're a part of a a body life group here at Grace Point Church or not, what I want you to do is write a list of things that you want, that you desire in a perfect group. What do you want? Okay. so get your pen and paper out. Get your smartphone out. I want you to text me. Seriously, I want you to text me just some words, some identifiers. If you could go to the perfect body life group, what would it look like? Okay? We're going to take five here. We're going to give you a couple minutes. All right? I'm serious. I want you to do this. Here we go. All right. So we're going to use those at the end of uh, our time here together. So if something comes up, uh, shoot them to me. Text me. Our guru, Tim, is is, uh, going to be compiling those, uh, putting a list together. It's, it's, uh, It's pretty cool. So uh, do it. If, uh, if something comes to you, keep texting Tim. Uh, he's compiling them. So, but really what I want to communicate today is that here at Grace Point, we don't believe that there's a plan B for you as followers of Jesus. Here at Grace Point and in churches around the world, we believe that, that living our lives together in purposeful and meaningful ways is God's intention for us. We, we, we believe here at Grace Point that living our lives together is truly better, that, that there's no other option. We believe also that the Scripture teaches consistently that, that we are to live our lives together, that we're not meant to be separated, that we're not meant to live our lives alone, that we are meant to experience Jesus Christ in a community of faith, here coming together to celebrate on a Sunday morning and to worship Him and to sit under teaching and to have children's time and things like that. But also we believe that that's not enough. We believe that you need to be connected to other people. Week in and week out. 
exercising your faith, figuring out what it means to be a follower of Jesus, learning what it means, exploring your faith, growing in your faith. We don't believe that there's another option, that there's another plan B. Even, even when you consider the life of Jesus and the rest of the New Testament, you find people gathering together with intentionality, with purpose. And so Jesus, what is the first thing that he did? He gathered his disciples together. But at the same time also, he fed the 5,000. He turned water to wine at the wedding feast. There were gatherings of thousands of people around him to, to hear his teaching. But what would happen oftentimes after those large group times? Jesus would get together with his disciples. And the disciples would say, hey, Jesus, man, break this down for me. I, I didn't understand a word of that. Help me. And so Jesus would invest his life in his disciples. And the disciples would do the same with one another. And, and then when we, when we get to the book of Acts, we see the expansion of the local church. And we see, we see the Holy Spirit come down on his people. And, and we see thousands of people gathering together. We see thousands of people coming to faith and following Jesus Christ for the first time in their life. But what else do we see? The scriptures tell us that people gathered in their homes together. The birth of, of the local church, that people gathered together in their homes. And, and we believe that that is, should be no different today. That we should gather together here corporately and that we should gather together in people's homes. With intentionality, with purpose. So we don't see that there's a plan B. There's, there's not another option for us. Let's read together Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. It says this, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now what you need to know here about uh, what's going on the, uh, with, with the believers and, and the, the writer of Hebrews is he's, he's trying to encourage the, the followers of Jesus. And they're, they're undergoing persecution. It's difficult for them to live their life as a follower of Jesus because people are persecuting them. And so what's beginning to happen is that, that people, because of the persecution, they're pulling back. They're not meeting together. They don't want to be identified with other followers of Jesus because of the fear of what might happen to them. So they begin to make excuses. But so the writer says, hey, hey, hang on a second. Let's consider how to love one another, serve one another. Let's not stop meeting together. You have to meet together. So we, we, we don't get persecuted today, right? But we have all kinds of things hitting us. All, our culture assaults us on our time, in our choices, in our family, in our children, in our work. And so if we're not careful, we'll pull back because we don't believe that there's another option. So my question for you this morning is, do you believe that there's no other plan, that there's no other plan B? Because we are going to keep telling you here at Grace Point Church that there's no other plan B. We don't see an option. We want to stay true to who God is and, and His ways for us. And we want to, we want to try and follow Him. And, and we, want, we want to help you understand that. And so, so we believe that there's no plan B. But the question is, do you believe that? 
I'm going to, I'm going to share my list with you. But you know what? These, these lists, these desires that, that, you, that you texted, those are great. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you don't believe that there's not a plan B. So you have to believe that walking with God in a family of faith is how God intends you to live. Listen to what Dallas Willard says in The Great Omission. He says this, The greatest issue facing the world today with all its heartbreaking needs is whether those who by profession or culture are identified as Christians will become disciples, students, apprentices, practitioners of Jesus Christ, steadily learning from him how to live the life of the kingdom of the heavens into every corner of human existence. So Dallas is saying, hey, this is, a, this is a great challenge facing the church to get it today. You know who you are. You know how you're following Jesus right now. You know if you're on the fence. You know if you're, if you're making slow progress to who Jesus is and walking with him. You know if you've been following him for a long time. But the greatest issue is, is are you going to follow him the way that he's asking you to live? Are you going to believe his word? Are you going to believe truly that there's no plan B? Because that's where we want to take you. That's what we want to help you understand. But if you don't believe that, we can't do anything for you. You have got to believe that. As you talk with other people here at church, as you, as you read the scriptures, you've got to believe that he wants you to come together on Sunday morning, and that he wants you to come together intentionally in relationships that help you follow Jesus. It's not an option. Now, if you believe that, if you believe it's not an option, there's a couple things, there's a couple ways that you're going to live. Okay? The first way, you're going to live intentionally. You're going to pursue group life intentionally. What do you do when you pursue life with intentionality? You develop a routine. You sacrifice. You prioritize. You make it a part of your life. You are intentional about the things that you do. I intentionally eat three meals a day. Some of you intentionally go to the gym, however often you go, with intentionality. You have to go with intentionality. Take, for example, Shane and Melissa Garner, their body life group. Their, their group's a year old. And, and, and for the first year, they, their group struggled, in, in all honesty. But they, they were committed to it, and they, they met on Friday nights. That's just what worked out with their schedule. And we would meet, and we would talk, and we would pray about their group and things that they could do. To, to be honest, I, I did not know if their group was going to last, if it was going to make. But at, at Venture Point Camp this week, I had a chance to talk to Melissa and say, Hey, where, where are you? How are you all doing? Are, are you all coming back? And she's like, Absolutely. It's what we are supposed to do. We are committed to it. We are going to do it. And so if you're looking for a group on Friday nights, they meet in Rogers. Know that they don't believe that they're, they believe that there's not a plan B. They are committed to living their lives together. There's no plan B for them. They are intentional about it. They are sacrificing for it. They are making priorities for it. You know, we, we already do that in our own lives, don't we? We, we already live with intentionality. You, you have to be at work for a certain time. Sometimes you may stay over. We, we have our children in all kinds of activities, whether it's sports, 
uh, or, or music or, or whatever. We are sacrificing our lives so our children can play 100 games of baseball this summer, right? So you're already making sacrifices. You're already living with intentionality. You're already living with purpose because you believe it is necessary to teach and train your children that way. Now, do you believe the same way about group life? Is it necessary for your children to be taught how to follow Jesus? Is it necessary for you to live in community together with other followers of Jesus? You will be intentional about it. The, the second thing, if you believe that there's no plan B, okay, that you'll realize that it's not perfect. It's, it's not perfect. That group life is not perfect. You know right now that your marriage is not perfect. You know right now that your work environment is not perfect. Your co-workers are not perfect. No, nobody's perfect. But, but if you believe that there's no plan B, you live with intentionality, you understand that it's not perfect. And so we, we have to battle that here at Grace Point Church but because we, we um, have a tendency to, to have a, a consumer mentality when, when it comes to church. And, and part of that's okay. So, so maybe you're here for the first time and you're checking Grace Point out and you're trying to, realize, you're trying to make the decision, is this where we fit? Is, is this good? Is this right? And so on, on one level that's okay. But if we go in, into, into group life with expecting it to be perfect, you're going to disappoint yourself time in and time out. If you won't even give it a try, you'll never experience what it means to forgive somebody. You'll never experience what it means to be forgiven by somebody. You'll never experience God's grace and His mercy and His love in ways that He intends for you to experience them. So, so we are meant to live together. We're, we're, we're meant to rub shoulders with one another. We're, we're, we're meant to offend somebody. And we're, we're, we're meant to offer forgiveness or offer a helping hand. So you realize that it, it, it's not perfect. And you take the good with the bad and you sacrifice that. And you willingly put yourself in situations that at times may be uncomfortable. But you know what? If you go into that, you know that you get to the other side of that. God is always going to be faithful. and He's always going to prove himself faithful. And so a lot of times we can't see that on the front end. Only on the back end can we see it. It's like, you're right, God. I'm, I'm going to take a step of faith here and, and believe that there's not a plan B. I'm going to go for it. Let me share with you just uh, my list of things here real briefly. <clears throat> Group life is necessary for developing spiritual muscle. And so when you think about that, when you, when you carry that analogy out to the human body and you think about what does it mean to develop muscle, what do you have to do to develop muscle? You have to eat right. You have to exercise. You have to do things that, that to your body, that, that trains your body to respond in a certain way. And, and over time, you begin to develop muscles that, that respond in ways that they're, suppo- that they're meant to respond to. But, you, but you, have to, you have to do it in a specific way, right? There's no different in developing your spiritual muscle. You have to be intentional in developing your spiritual muscle. Paul Paul says this, he says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but how much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. 
He tells us also, he says that, that um, we, we run this race as to win a prize. And so, so we, have to, we have to be intentional. We have to develop spiritual muscle. And we do that by coming together as a body of believers. It, think, think of it this way. We should think of Sunday morning as the pep rally and group life as the classroom. Sunday morning is the pep rally and group life is the classroom. And so we come together and we have great worship, we have great music, we have great teaching, we have great things for children, and, and we leave feeling really good. But, but if, if, you're, if you're just here just a couple times a week, a couple times a month, that, that is great. We're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're committed to coming. But honestly, that's, that's not enough. Your spiritual muscles will atrophy. You need to be connected more than just here on a Sunday morning. You need to be connected with other followers of Jesus. You know, for me, developing my spiritual muscle, I, I, I do that by, by engaging in spiritual conversation in group life and with other people. That, that's how my spiritual muscles develop. There, there are times for me, I, I'm, I'm an introvert, and so I don't have very many words in the day, and so I'm thinking about stuff. And then when I get in a conversation with somebody in group life, that's when, when I, my ideas really begin to, to crystallize. It's when I, when I hear other people share their thoughts and I share my thoughts. That crystallizes my faith and my, my spiritual muscles begin to be strengthened. Rick Warren says it this way. He says, you can worship in a crowd, but you can't fellowship in a crowd. Group life is where we really begin to understand and practice what we believe. <clears throat> Secondly, group life gives me the opportunity to be known and know others. To be known and know others. There, there's a term in Japan, it's called kodakushi. And it means lonely death. Did you know in Japan that 15% of their population live totally isolated? They have no contact with other human beings. 15% of the population. Now, monetarily, 15%, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of coin, isn't it? But you think 15% of a population, that can't be that, that, that many people, right? So there's 127 million plus people in Japan. So 15% means there's almost 20 million people that, that have no contact with anybody. No contact. Living alone, they'll die alone. People just want to be known and to know others. <clears throat> Listen to this contributor to the New York Times, uh, Kumiko uh, Makahara. <clears throat> She's writing about a TV personality that passed away. Two of my friends mourn Yamaguchi passing to each other on Facebook. I wrote to one of them that I worried they might have a similar exchange about me one day. He did not reply. Like so many of my friends, he was probably just too busy. But the silence reinforced my worries of being overlooked. The silence reinforced my worries of being overlooked. I'm wondering if there's somebody here that's feeling that exact same way. That somebody doesn't know you. You don't know anybody. But as followers of Jesus, we are meant to know each other. We are meant 
to live our life together, walking with Him. To really be known. Not, not just a hello, how are you, but to be known. You, you take, for example, Philip Becker in a body life group. He's a part of a body life group and, and he wanted to know the guys more. And so what he did, he said, hey guys, we're going to meet together on a weekday morning and we're going to go through a book together because I want you to, to know me and I, I want to know you and, and I want our lives to be changed because of Jesus Christ. And so <clears throat> he meets together with a group of guys in his body life group because he wants to be known and know others. You take the girls in, in my body life group. They're getting together tomorrow night for a girls' night out. Why are they doing that? They want to be known. They want to know others. That's what it means to be a part of a group. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 2.17. Listen to Paul and what he's saying. And he says this, But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face. Now, is that somebody that, that just casually knows somebody? Paul is saying, we were, we were torn away from you. We endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face. Why is Paul saying that? Because he knows people and other people know him. And he knows that following, following Jesus, there's an expectation to be known and to know others. Thirdly, group life is one of the best ways to take God's mission to the world. John 13:35 says this, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so we are to be this example in how we live our life together. So, so we can have these affinity groups and we can, have, we can, have, uh, we can go to the gym and, and, and know people and we can go fishing and know people and we can, we can go out to the ball field and know our sons, um, fathers and, and mothers and we can know all those people. But, but that just only goes so far. We're, we're, we're meant to know people and, 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 and our love that we have for other followers of Jesus is supposed to be an example to the world. And so we come together here on Sunday mornings and we worship and we leave and people see us leaving this place and they say, those are followers of Jesus. But at the same time, they should see us in how we relate to one another, how we love people, how we serve people, how we forgive people. T- take, for example, the, the Franklin Body Life Group. The Gastons have, have been a part of the, of the church for a couple of years. And when they came, they, they didn't know anybody. And they started, uh, uh, they, they joined the Franklin Group, and their life has changed. The, the Franklins have a great group. Okay, God's doing great things in their group. But this, this is really cool. Okay, so uh, the, the Gastons just, just had, a, had a son. All right, and so I was visiting them uh, right before uh, Jamie had their had their son in the hospital, and who came to see her? Her body life group leader came to see her, not because she's a body life group leader, but because they know each other, they've experienced life together, and so they are an example of love to one another, to to a world that is looking at us and wondering how we treat one another. It's cool stuff. And so by loving and serving one another, we take God's mission to the world. 
Listen to what Francis Schaeffer says. He says, our relationship with each other is the criterion the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. How you live with each other, how you interact with each other, is the message to the world that we're legit. That what God is doing in our heart is, is real. That it means something for eternity's sake. That it means something now on this earth. And then secondly, by loving and serving others. Two ways to take God's mission. The second is by loving and serving others. Maybe you want to be a part of, of, of something that, that God is doing in the community. Maybe you want to be a part of one of our body life groups that serves at Havenwood. Maybe you want to be a part of one of our body life groups that, that serves the Boys and Girls Club. Or, or another, other body life groups throughout the, the, the cities that are trying to figure out ways to live intentionally. To make a difference in their community. Listen to what James Emery White says. Cause has become the leading edge of our connection with a lost world. Cause has become a leading edge of our connection with a lost world. We desire to make a difference. The world desires to make a difference. But it's what Christ is doing in us that that makes a true difference in the world now and for eternity's sake. Lastly, as we get larger, we must get smaller. As we get larger, we must get smaller. So in, in the middle of the summer, July 14th, opening day here, we were out of parking spaces. That's a, and we planned. We thought we planned well. That's a pretty cool problem to have, don't you think? There, there weren't enough places for people. In the parking lot. So, so what does that mean? That means God's doing a great thing here at Grace Point Church. That, that means God is working in people's lives. And so as people come, we want to get them connected because we don't believe that there's a plan B. We want to get you connected beyond Sunday morning because there's no plan B. We believe that group life is the best way to live this life. Now, now check this out. Tim, put those, put those things on the screen. Take a minute and look at these. This isn't my opinion. These are your words. This is what you want in group life. Now, here's, here's what I'm betting. I'm going to bet that there's somebody that put discipleship over here and another put, person put discipleship. And somebody put laughter more than once. And somebody put fellowship and peace and prayer through the week. We're all looking for the same things. What this means is that we are meant to live life together. We are meant to share our lives together in meaningful, purposeful relationships. It's not just all about you. It's about your life together. And God will do amazing, amazing things if you live your life together and commit to that. These things do happen in group life. 
They happen weekly. Your desire for those things, they can happen in your life if you're not connected to a body life group. And, and we want to help you get connected. That's our heart's desire. Now, there's some ways to do that. Even today, maybe God has been calling you for a long time to step out in faith and to start a small group or to host, to open your home. You can come and hang out with a group of people that are going to be trained to start a body life group. We're going to eat lunch together and we're going to talk about that in the warehouse right after this service. You can come and be a part of that. We've got another training coming up on August 9th, Friday, August 9th. You can come and be a part of that. But also, I want you to write down August 18th, Sunday, August 18th. That's Connection Sunday. And so Connection Sunday is going to, it's where we're going to give you an opportunity to meet anybody else that wants to get connected in a body life group. You'll meet leaders and you'll meet other people and you're going to find somebody that wants to make a connection. You're going to find somebody that's concerned about truth. You're going to find somebody that wants fellowship. You know, for, for, for us, I, I look at it this way. 30% of, of, of small group is my responsibility to develop the system. 70% is on our group leaders and for you to make group life happen. So we want to give you an opportunity to get connected. But these lists, what do they mean? If if you believe that there's another option, you have to believe that there's not a plan B to walk with God and others in this life. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for just a great Sunday of celebration of having the opportunity to have our children here together with us, worshiping with us, worshiping you, celebrating you. Father, I pray for these men and women and children that are are in these seats this morning. I pray that you would bless their lives. I pray that as they read your word, that they would fall more and more in love with you and believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that that following you is the best way to live this life. That doesn't spare us from hardship or heartache, but we know that you're always with us, that you'll never leave us, that you'll never forsake us. Father, may we be a people that, that believe that we are meant to share this life together that we are meant to impact other people's lives, that we are meant to help people walk with you, and other people are meant to, to help us walk with you. Father, may we be a church that loves one another, that serves one another, that glorifies you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.